friends, welcome back to Hime's Honey. Today's episode is going to be centered around Ephesians 4, 26-27, which says, Do not let the enemy have his way in you. But first, Proverbs 16, 24 says, Pleasant words are like honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. I pray that this episode of Hime's Honey will give us clarity on how the enemy tries to steal us away from God. I pray that this episode will help us to understand God's good and perfect will for us here on earth and also to equip us with the knowledge to stand firm in Christ against the devil's plans. Now, Ephesians 4, 26-27 says, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun set on your anger, and do not leave room for the devil. The NIV version says, Do not give the devil a foothold. But what is a foothold? A foothold is a place where a person's foot can be lodged to support them securely, especially while climbing. And another definition is a secure position from which further progress may be made. So for example, a foot in the doorway preventing you from completely closing your door shut. But before we move on, I also want to recognize how the Bible defines sin. Sin is described in the Bible as a transgression of the law of God. That is found in 1 John 3, 4, where it says, Sin is the transgression of the law. Another word for transgression is an offense or a crime. And sin is also defined in the Bible as rebellion against God, which is found in Deuteronomy 9, 7, where it says, You have been rebellious against the Lord. So how do we protect ourselves from the enemy breaking in or having a foothold in our life? There are three ways that I have listed here. Number one is to forgive. Ephesians 4, 31-32 says, All bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander must be removed from you, along with all malice, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Mark eleven twenty five also says, Forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you. It is even found in Leviticus 9.18 where it says, You shall not take vengeance, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Even in James 1.19-20 where it says, A man's anger does not bring about the righteousness of God. And finally in Proverbs 9.11 where it says, A person's discretion makes him slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. So, Forgiveness is found all throughout scripture and it is imperative that we choose to forgive and it is imperative that we do not hold grudges to release the offenses and more specifically release the offenses made against us unto the Lord because ultimately he will take care of it and it is his to avenge. Number two to um, you know, protect ourselves from the enemy breaking in is to think of what is right. This is found in the famous verse of Philippians 4, 8, where it says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, think about these things. It is also found in Proverbs 4.23 where it says, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the spring of life. 
Second Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Thinking of what is right is also found in Colossians 3.2 where it says, Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. You shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then will make you will make your way prosperous, and then you will achieve success. Matthew six twenty two to twenty three says, "The eye of the is the lamp. The eye is the lamp unto the body. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad." Your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So it is imperative to think of what is right because then, you know, our ways will be made steadfast and right. Well, just kind of rhyme there. but <laughs> Number three is to desire what pleases God. And in my opinion, this is very, um, this is the most imperative and the most important because it encompasses all of it. It encompasses everything that you can do to not let the enemy have a foothold in your life. So ungodly desires will always find a way to control our lives. It will never just stop at being a foothold in our life. What we desire will always reveal the true intentions in our heart. It's found in Luke 6 verse 45 where it says, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth what is good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth what is evil. So if we desire what is wrong, then invite the Lord to search us and know our heart, because if we desire what is wrong, how can we move further in desiring, you know, what the Lord wants us to truly have, which is Him? So Psalms 139 verse 23 to 24 you know, maps this out perfectly. It says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Put me to the test and know my anxious thoughts and see if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. This verse is by prayer verse. Like I use this Psalms 139 verse 23 to 24 to pray because it's, it's, um, it, it's kind of like the backbone of my prayers. You know, it's, to check in, give myself a heart check, and to invite the Lord. So that's just a side note. Anyway, you are tempted by whatever it is that you desire. James 1.14 maps this out perfectly when it says, One is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Sorry, each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. So let's be aware of the things that we seek and the things that we idolize on earth. Let us desire what pleases God and be sure to forgive anyone in our life who may have trespassed against us. And it is very difficult because I'm I'm going through a season of forgiveness and it is difficult. I didn't realize it was this difficult, but with the Lord, you know, all things are possible and the Lord loves you so much and he just wants you to be free and he wants you to come home. So I'm pretty sure you're wondering um, Hime, why did you make, you know, Palpatine and a serial killer your thumbnail? It's a very, very sharp thumbnail in it. 
So on the subject of serial killers, let's apply what we learned about not letting the enemy have a foothold onto some people in our society who have done the most evil of evil. Because they were human too at one point. <laughs> at one point. They're still human. They're still human when they died. But their sins were very, very heavy. So let's talk about Jeffrey Dahmer since he's on the cover. Jeffrey Dahmer grew up religious. He would attend church with his grandmother whom he lived with at the time and he never attended church with he even attended church with her to pray against his homosexual tendencies that he was feeling while growing up in 1978 he took his very first life stephen hicks who was only 18 at the time but during his first experience at taking a life Dahmer clearly felt remorseful because he did not take another life until nine years later however during this gap, Dahmer was struggling with his homosexual urges. Dahmer ended up taking another life after his nine-year hiatus. On November 20th, 1987, Dahmer took the life of Stephen Tuomi, who was only 24 years old. Specifically, Dahmer woke up next to Tuomi's dead body after a night of drinking and blacking out. At this point, Dahmer decided, well, I guess I am meant to serve evil, and thus began his notorious rampage. Dahmer was so drawn and dedicated to this darkness that he would observe evil in mainstream media. For example, he watched Exorcist 3 every single day because he resonated with the demonic killer named Gemini in the story. In addition, Dahmer wore yellow contact lenses to imitate the evil Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. He wanted to have the same mind-controlling powers that the evil Emperor possessed. Eventually, Dahmer was arrested in 1991 and was sentenced to life in prison for his crimes. However, in a shocking turn of events, while he was in prison, Dahmer reached out to his pastor and got baptized in prison on May 10th, 1994, right before he was beaten to death by a fellow inmate six months later. So what can we learn from this? What can we learn from such an evil man's life? Romans 13, 12 to 14 says, Let's rid ourselves of the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let's behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and debauchery, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh in regards to its lust. Make no provision, make no way for the flesh in regards to its lusts. Second Corinthians 10.5 says, We destroy arguments and all arrogance raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to make it obedient to Christ. And again, Psalms 139, 23-24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. If there is any hurtful way in me, lead me in the way of everlasting. So what can we learn from his life? We can learn to not give the enemy a foothold and to take all measures, take all precautions to not give the enemy a foothold in our life to make us, you know, go to the edge of doing something so heinous and and unhinged. Second person we can talk about is Ted Bundy, who is another notorious serial killer from the 70s and the 80s. Bundy claimed to have had a normal childhood, 
spending time with his family and going to church. However, it is known that Bundy grew up around his grandfather, who was known to be an abusive, violent drunkard. But Bundy never claimed that his grandfather did anything violent or harmful towards him, although we may never know because Bundy liked to keep secrets and he was very manipulative. And we never really knew when he was lying or not. Throughout his childhood, he was known to be a peeping Tom. Bundy was known to be a peeping Tom, and he developed an obsession with pornography as a young teenager. He would rummage through his neighbor's trash bins looking for promiscuous magazines. During his college years, he dated a woman named Diane Edwards, who Bundy felt was very much out of his league. She recalls Bundy being a, quote, intelligent but pitifully weak man who wasn't really masculine, end quote. Eventually, Diane broke off the relationship, but Bundy seduced her back into a relationship only for the purpose of breaking her heart at this time. Bundy had an active and successful career in politics, which he did to, to you know, impress Edwards, and he did quote that she did inspire him to be better than who he, you know, to be a better man. So he had a successful career in politics. He got his degree in psychology and was well on his way into law school. He worked for a suicide prevention hotline and even wrote a rape prevention pamphlet for women. So how could somebody like Ted Bundy, who was well on his way to becoming a successful lawyer or, or politician, be led into a lifestyle full of sexual, violent, and wicked immorality? During an interview while he was on death row, death row Bundy found it important to recognize that Every man on death row alongside him had an issue with pornography addiction. During another interview, he would refer to himself in the third person while talking about the crimes he committed. But eventually, on January 24th, 1989, Bundy was executed for his crimes. So what can we learn from this? Leviticus 9.18 says, You shall not take vengeance, nor hold any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love the na- your neighbor, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Matthew six twenty two to 23 says, The eye is the lamp of the body. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. James 1.14 says, But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust. Mark 11.25 says, Whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you for your offenses. So going back to Ephesians 4.26-27, Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun set on your anger, and do not leave room for the devil. Do not give the enemy a foothold in whatever it is that you are going through, whatever temptations, whatever life achievements, whatever you know successes and wealth and power and status and you know loss, heartbreak, um you know, whatever you may be going through, do not give the enemy a foothold. Let us not give the enemy a foothold. May they not lead us into, may 
we not be led into temptation, but may we be delivered from evil in the name of Jesus. So that is my prayer for you today. I hope you have a blessed, blessed day. Um, and yeah, just don't give the enemy a foothold. It will absolutely ruin your life. So God bless you. Have a good rest of your day. Have a good evening. Whatever it is that you are going to be doing right now, have a good one. And I will see you in the next episode. God bless you. Oh,